All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 113, the return of the All Things ANSYS podcast and a look at cool features in ANSYS 2023 R1. Hi there. Well, it's been a while. We did episode 111 on May 17th, and then episode 112, which simply said, we'll be taking a little break on June 28th of 2022. And I finished with, like I usually do, see you next time. And well, I didn't lie, but it's been a while. I did the math. That is 212 days. This this episode will go out on the 26th of 2023, January 26th of 2023. So that's 212 days. That's over six months. So a little lesson here. If you ever do a podcast, one of the hardest things to do is put out regular episodes. And if you decide to take a vacation, and I'm doing air quotes here, it is really hard to get going again. Uh, really, really hard. So I'd like to come up with an excuse I got none, it's all on me, it, it was your typical, I'll do it next month, I'll do it next month, I'll do it next month, and six months came and went. Um, then at some point, I think in November, I said, well, I'll do it next year. And then January showed up, so um, here we are. Uh, we're back on track, uh, and we'll be uh, back doing these podcasts. And um, you know, here we are. I, a, a small bit of me hopes maybe you missed us a little bit. My name's Eric Miller. I'm one of the owners here at PADT. Uh, longtime ANSYS user. It's coming up on 37 years. Uh, in June of this year, it'll be 37 years. I'm a huge ANSYS uh, fanboy and your host for these podcasts when, when we do them. <laughs> uh, we're going to make a small change. Uh, it was very difficult to get them out every other week. So um, we're going to change it to be once a month. So we'll be doing uh, one episode a month instead of two. So we'll have 12 a year. And Trevor, uh, Rubinoff, who is our marketing expert here at PADT and also the producer for these podcasts. He's got it all scheduled out. He's actually got the interview scheduled. So we're going to be a little bit more proactive about doing these so that we don't get behind and don't feel overwhelmed. And we can give you the content that you've come to know and like and, uh, and do it uh, once a month. So anything exciting happen uh, since we last talked? Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead, you know, some significant changes have happened in the ANSYS world. And when we get to the news, we'll go over those. Uh, the good, good news is at PDT, we've had no big changes. Um, as you'll hear in the next section where we'll have a little chat as a group chat, uh, we've added staff since we last talked. Um, our, our technical support team just keeps growing as ANSYS keeps acquiring products and we keep getting more customers. We keep adding folks to that team. So you'll get a chance to meet some of the new people. And that's been the, probably the biggest change that's happened in our ANSYS world here at PDT. So not much else to report. So even though I'm consumed with guilt and want to make a lot more excuses and and and, and feel sorry for, for, for you, for me being a bad host, um, I'm not going to yak about it anymore because it's not going to change anything. So let's move on to our group discussion. Oh, one last thing. Happy New Year. I can't believe it's 2023. I hope it's a great year for all of you and we look forward to spending it with you um, again. So this episode we're gonna we uh, we'll go out on january 26th that's the day when ansys releases ansys 2023 r1 um, we got 10 members of our support team together on january 13th yes that was friday the 13th to talk about what they liked in the new release based upon the training that they've already had and some fiddling around they've had with some of the code that they were able to get before release so i'm going to let them introduce themselves and uh, what they liked and uh, what they think is cool in the new release so let's listen in to what they have to say well i want to welcome our listeners back we have not done this in a very long time since the uh the podcast has taken a very extended vacation over the last months or so um and uh we thought that it'd be great to get back into things by having a discussion about a yet a new version of ansys and uh here it is january 2023 and we've got a new version of ansys 2023 r1 coming out and we've got a great collection of uh, uh our folks in our uh technical support team and we'll go ahead and get started i'm gonna i'm gonna call your guys names is uh names is names alphabetically by first name and uh, please share with our listeners because some of you are new to padt and new to the podcast especially you um you know what you do here at padt so we'll go ahead and start uh ted may have to drop off the call so we're going to go with ted first 
Okay, thanks, Eric. So this is Ted Harris. I'm the director of our simulation support team here at PADT. So we're the team that provides support in our simulation software tools that we sell, uh, so ANSYS. And I've uh, been a longtime user of ANSYS products, both at PADT and before that. And, uh, you know, really looking forward to uh, release 2023 R1. And, you know, we've uh, had a little bit of a chance to uh, install it and, you know, get to know it here at PADT. But we're really, you know, kind of just at the beginning. So mm -hmm. I think each of us does have a, you know, a highlight or two that we've we've uh, looked at and, you know, at least are aware of if we haven't had a chance to fully test it out yet, though. So uh, for me, I wanted to talk about the Discovery um, mm -hmm. products. So for people that, that aren't familiar with Discovery, that is a newer uh, tool in the ANSYS tool set. It uh, probably first got people's attention about five or six years ago as something called Discovery Live, which was a very fast simulation tool that actually solves on the GPU instead of the CPU. So super fast solution. And over time, it is uh, had a, a uh, an overhaul, I guess you'd say it, with a newer user interface, and it in, includes geometry prep tools, it includes that GPU solving capability, but it also includes the uh, flagship solvers for mechanical and fluent. So it's more than just this uh, quick, uh, fast simulation tool. It's still that, but it also goes beyond that as well. So at 2023, an exciting enhancement uh, that I saw is the ability to simulate rotating fluid zones. So we can now uh, simulate things like fans, anything with rotating blades, impellers. Um, and, and that's both in the explore mode, which is the fast GPU solve, as well as in the refine mode, which is the uh, flagship solver mode. So if you haven't looked into Discovery, we strongly suggest that you take a look. It's a single window workflow for geometry prep, uh, simulation, uh, and post-processing of results. So that's that's my top thing, and I'll hand it back to Eric. That That's really good news. And and I know that when it first came out, people really wanted to be able to do like a cooling fan, right? And and see where the air went really quick and dirty or, or maybe a room, right? And and be able to model that 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 uh, the fan behavior and the ductwork and all that stuff. So that's that's awesome to see that they've got that in Discovery. Very, very yeah. cool. So, Alex, uh, you're up next. Um, what what uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you're excited about? Sure. My name is Alex Moody. I'm an application engineer at PADT, and I support the high-frequency electronics, so flagship tools like HFSS and SIWave, for instance. And for me, there's one major change in 2023 R1 that I want to address today uh, because I foresee it may be causing some consternation amongst our users. Mm. I think in the long run, it's a good thing, but just in the short term, it might surprise some of our users here. And that's in the latest release, Electronics Desktop has officially migrated to the Parasolid Geometry Kernel. So for many years, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's something that's been in the works for a while, but yeah. it, this release is the official migration. So mm -hmm. the ACES kernel is no longer supported. And, and what that means for our users is, you know, in the past, well, maybe I should explain why. They're, they're bringing the Parasolid kernel to Electronics Desktop to bring EDT in line with the other ANSYS products that use this parasolid kernel for their 3D geometry. And so that will make Electronics Desktop kind of more in line with the rest of the portfolio. And, and what it means is that if you open a design that was created in a previous version of EDT, and you open that with 2023 R1, the geometry in that previous design has to be converted to be compatible with a parasolid kernel. But unfortunately, there's no guarantee that this conversion will succeed. And I've already actually had one user contact me just today saying that they had an issue opening a design in 2023 R1 and the geometry didn't convert. Mm -hmm. So the good news is that even if the conversion fails, Electronics Desktop creates a backup of your design. So it won't be mm -hmm. corrupted. You won't lose anything. It'll create a folder in your project directory called ANSYS EM Backup. And the project will be there and it will be in its original version. So nothing will be lost. Okay. Um, but the bad news is if the conversion fails, you only have two options, and they're not great options. One is you'd have to purge the modeler history of your existing design, 
and bring it in, and that'll be more success likely to be successful, but you'll lose all of your parametric variables, all your parametric sweeps. And then option two is you have to completely redraw the design in 2023 R1, which for mm -hmm. a complicated design could obviously be a lot of work. But in, in the long run, again, I feel like this will be a positive change. It'll be a more reliable, better supported kernel for 3D geometry. But in the short term, there might be a few growing pains where if people are bringing over existing geometry from older versions, they may have some issues. Right. Although they may not. I've heard that it's very successful usually converting to geometry. So that was the point I really, yeah. the big takeaway for electronics, I thought. Well, we don't have cameras on, but I think uh, Joe and Ted and myself are nodding our heads because we've been through this before. <laughs> um, I think several times, yeah, Ted. Definitely. I, I, I want to say we went from parasolids to 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 Asus kernel to parasolids uh, in one product. So um, we, we hear you. We feel you. We sympathize with you. It, in the long run, it's going to be much better. Um, so um, yeah, definitely. it is transition thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Um, Chris, you know, new, new, to, new to PADT, I think new to the podcast. Um, why don't you tell us uh, your list, our listeners about yourself and what you're excited about? Yeah. Um, I'm Chris Satani and, uh, I joined PADT about, uh, eight months ago. Uh, previously I'd been working, uh, at, uh, for a medical device company, um, doing some remediation. And before that I worked, uh, in, a bioengineering lab at Northern Arizona University working on uh, med uh, medical device to occlude aneurysms. Uh, so uh, my, I, I don't have a, a ton of, of uh, feedback on the updates, um, but uh, my, my favorite update that I saw within the presentations was the parametric workflow embedded into the Fluent Solver, uh, which allows users to run through parameter tables uh, within Fluent itself rather than uh, doing that through Workbench. Uh, mm. So, so I, th I think that's a big usability value add uh, to the workflow. Definitely. I, lo I love seeing when they do stuff like that because um, it, it sometimes you it sometimes can save a lot of time. Well, well, thanks. Welcome to the podcast and welcome to PADT. Uh, you've been here a while, but welcome to the podcast. Um, Christian. Hey, all Just like Chris, I'm pretty new to PADT as well. I'm a uh, joined back in October, so <laughs> getting my feet wet with ANSYS and PADT and learning a lot. So. Uh, I'm an application support engineer here in the structural side. Before joining PDT, I actually worked in the uh, tire industry, simulating uh, tires, new designs, trying to make sure that they uh, were working as the, uh, intended, obviously. Uh, as far as uh, the updates go, like, you know, ha not having been Ansys user for a long time, there's not like, you know, there's not, I don't have a lot of pain points that I'm sure some of our longer time listeners have, but I was really interested in this uh, geometry pre preserving adaptation that they are doing now. Mm. Um, it seems, you know, just like from a usability perspective, anytime we can get away from spending time meshing your problem, <laughs> that's, that's always great for actually getting results. And so it's cool to see that that's, you know, something they care about and also that they're improving it now, you know, where it's not just bisecting your elements to get a, a deeper mesh. It's actually using your original geometry and refining it based on that, not just what your mesh was. So, I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. Hope to see more stuff like that in future updates, too, that just helps the usability of the software for everyone. Cool. And and it's okay to mention the code you used before, because I think that that's a value to our <laughs> customers if they are making the transition as well. Yeah, uh, mostly Abacus um, mm -hmm. and then some proprietary solvers as well okay. within cool. uh, the company. So if you, like Christian, are making the transition from the evil dark Abacus code that <laughs> maybe your PhD professor, your professor made you, forced you to use in college, to the modern and fun and exciting and better looking ANSYS code, um, we, we can help. The, one of the reasons why we're very excited about having them on our staff is, is helping our customers understand the differences between, all joking aside, very good piece of software. There are differences between the two codes, and you do have to use them a little bit differently. And and having somebody that understands both has been a been a real uh, positive for our customers. So, welcome aboard. Thank you, Cynthia. I can't remember if we had you on the podcast before we went on vacation or not. I don't think so. This is okay. my very first time. Very first time. Well, welcome to the podcast. And why don't you explain and your favorite new thing? 
Uh, yeah, so my name is Cynthia De La Rosa. I started early last year. I am the optics engineer and the application engineer for the optical products. So that includes ANSYS FAOS and ANSYS CMAX. Within CMAX, of course, we have Optics Builder, Optics Studio, and then the STAR module, which is now within Optics Studio Enterprise. Um, and then we are slowly but surely getting uh, familiar with the photonics package as well, which is Lumerical. Mm -hmm. um, so what I'm excited about, and I'm sure everyone else is excited about, is the integration of mm -hmm. ZMAX into the ANSYS world. I think that's a pretty big deal. Um, it can go a ton of different ways. We've already seen the integration um, into the ANSYS mechanical world with the STAR module. And so, of course, in 2023, ANSYS is going to continue to push that um, with enhancements within the um, STAR module. Um, but we also have the interoperability between ZMAX Optics Studio and Lumerical. And so this is going to um, take into account sub-wavelength dynamic links. Mm. And so currently in the 2023 release, there's actually a dynamic link where if you have Lumerical within the same workstation, um, ZMAX Optics Studio will automatically do a calculation with Lumerical without having to actually open um, the Lumerical application. And so that's going to create a lot more benefit, um, a lot um, more accurate data for Optics Studio um, that comes from Lumerical. So we're excited about that. We're also excited about all the work that's being done with Speos. And um, that yes. does not just include Optic Studio, that also includes Lumerical. We're seeing a lot of workflows coming out from the ANSYS team that include all three or all four, um, the fourth one including Mechanical. So, you know, the sky's the limit with this in acquisition and we're excited to push forward on um, optics within ANSYS. That is is really exciting stuff, and and uh, you know we talked a lot about the acquisition where it was happening, and it's so great. You'll notice we have a lot of people on the podcast, and one of the reasons is because Ansys keeps acquiring folks, and and we're bringing in people like Cynthia who are domain experts, and uh, unfortunately, uh, one one of our other engineers who's an embedded systems programming expert, Doug, or not Doug, David Dugan. I always do that. Um, and it's so great to 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 bring this domain expertise to the table and, and get your guys's input on these these products. Um, my, my my ancient structural thermal brain is is learning a lot from you guys, and we really appreciate it. So excited to see these integrations and things coming. Fantastic stuff. Um, Joe, what about yourself? You get did you find anything new to to talk about? And introduce yourself uh, as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is Joe Woodward. I've been on here several times. <laughs> uh, I've been with PADT for uh, 21 years now, mm -hmm. um, Chief Engineer of Simulation Support. Uh, just kind of going through the list, I, I found quite a few things. Um, I think the, the biggest catch that I saw was the, the geometry-based associativity. Mm. Um, kind of goes along with the, the geometry-preserving adaptivity. Um, but the the geometry based associativity says, okay, I've updated my updated my geometry, and I have a bunch of name selections in there or a lot of loads. Uh, if the if the surface numbering has changed in the CAD, then in the past that would blow up all the name selections and everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. With the geometry base, they're looking at okay. There's a there's a flat surface at this location. Mm -hmm. The numbering's different, but we're going to put the load on that surface, okay. and keeps you know keeps everything where where it should um, on the on the new geometry file. Plus, then it it'll give you a table of everything that it's looking at to okay. show you, you know. This surface is a little bit different, but it's in the same place. So we're pretty sure that it goes mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. type of thing. So you can look through down through this list and see what needs to be changed or or maybe they couldn't find a match. Then you can reapply those. So it helps you quickly go through and update uh, your geometry changes and things without having to go back and redo all of your loading and things like that. So that was a, a really cool one that the that they've added in. 
is this something something we've been asking for for a very long time i, I want to yes. say that uh matt and i wrote a paper on not a paper a email a strongly worded email uh <laughs> to development maybe gosh years and years ago uh asking for something like this because when you're doing optimization boy when you when that topology changes when the when the when the numbers change on the surfaces it breaks uh, this is wonderful yeah right right very cool Excellent. See, they're working. If, if you ever question whether your what your tax money is going to on some of these products that have been around for decades, this is kind of stuff they're doing. So it's pretty cool. Pretty good. Josh, what about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Josh Stout. I'm a support and application engineer here at PDT. Uh, I just passed my three-year mark, so Yay. been around for a little bit at this <laughs> point. If you've been paying attention to webinars this year, you're probably tired of my voice already. Um, <laughs> but I, I work for TED, and I fill a, a system support role, technically. Uh, my background is in mechanical engineering, though, so I have a lot of overlap with things like thermal integrity and electronics reliability. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there are a few things related to that uh, in this release that I think are particularly noteworthy. Um, the first is something in electronics ice pack. Uh, electronics desktop ice pack um, mm -hmm. and i it's it's something that i have really appreciated that they ansys uh, they're, they're trying to make thermal analysis very accessible to non-thermal engineers that's kind of the, the main theme there um, so they have improved some more things e even more so this year um, where you can actually automatically create an ice pack analysis from an electronics analysis uh, so for users who might be familiar with the way SIWave does it right now, there's IcePack functionality kind of built into it where it generates a domain and some boundary conditions based on pretty decent assumptions. But I mean, they're, they're rough assumptions, mm -hmm. but it's enough to get you started with a thermal analysis anyway. Um, but you didn't used to be able to do that for tools like Maxwell or HMSS or Q3D. Uh, you could always copy the geometry over, but then you'd have to set everything up manually, and you'd, you'd need a little bit of knowledge to get started there. Uh, well, now there's actually a menu option where if you start with a Maxwell or an HFSS model, you can see basically export to a new project, and then you choose ice pack or mechanical thermal, and it will make you know those baseline assumptions for you. It'll set up the entire model. It'll create it in the electronics desktop uh, project tree, um, and, and off you go. So it's a great way to get started with new model um, just making those initial assumptions, cutting down on, on the time needed. Uh, so I, I'm really interested to see how that works and see how many uh, of our customers make use of it. Agreed. That, that's really encouraging. Um, and, and it's funny because we kind of ran into that the other day when visiting one of our one of our space companies, um, talking with an electrical engineer who needed to deal with thermal issues in his model. And you know, it's a, it's a different different language, right? And so the, the fact that these tools are becoming available for him to just swap over his model is going to be, in, he doesn't have to throw over the wall anymore, which is great. You know? Yeah. But I mean, even aside from that, it's mm -hmm. not like they're dumbing down the tools either. No, not uh, they, at all. They, can, yeah. they continue to add more advanced functionality mm -hmm. on the background. So mm -hmm. you know, advanced users who need that kind of stuff, they can you know, keep getting you know, more detailed analyses at this point. So it's it's mm -hmm. really nice to see the balance. Yep, agreed. Agreed. I'm excited about it. Um, and and sometimes now that we're back doing this again, we, we need to sit down and talk about thermal desktop um, and that acquisition and what that means from a system simulation standpoint. Because I'm very excited about that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But still early days. Still early days. Uh, Miles, how are you doing? Um, share yourself well. what you're doing. Well. Everything. Yeah. So I'm Miles Adkins. I'm a technical lead for our Flownext team here at PADT. I've been at PADT for about four years now, I want to say. Um, and uh, I primarily deal with uh, uh, thermal fluid kind of network solves. Um, and, and I get into some of the ANSYS products, Fluent and, and Mechanical. But uh, what I'm, I'm most excited about, I'm kind of going to copy uh, Cynthia a little bit. That just uh, it's it's really cool to see the integrations between the different tools, mm -hmm. um, and and you know as we're kind of observing industry trends, um, you know more and more the kind of design workflows are are moving to kind of system level simulation where um, different teams are are simulating different parts of uh, an overall system, and uh, you know Ansys is building these kind of feedback loops where the the tools can talk to each other, so you can do you know, your, your 1D thermal fluid solves with 
uh, like a tool like Flonex and do you know 3D thermal transport and mechanical and you know where you have you know more complex fluid dynamics you can use a tool like Fluent and and have it all run at the same time or uh, use reduced order models and and uh, and parent tools like uh, like Twin Builder to uh, to build those uh, system level models. So really excited to see um, how these these tools kind of interact um, in the next year and forward. Definitely, for sure. That's good news. That's, yeah, so good. It's it's. I, I'm glad we have such a diverse team because keeping track of this is getting hard. <laughs> There's so many good things coming out so quickly. It's great. Uh, Robert McCatherine. All right. I'm Rob McCatherine. I work on the MBU side as an application engineer. So I'm helping out with you know simulation support and a little bit of uh, helping pre-sell side too. Um, my background is in uh, ocean engineering. I did that for well, over, almost a decade, over a decade, whatever it is. <laughs> Mainly just ship structures and all sorts of stuff, you know, waves and wind and fun things. Um, so from that, uh, from that perspective, I'm mainly handling uh, the mechanical side and then also discovery. And I also work on the Granta ANSYS's uh, materials um, software. So with that, I'm going to uh, talk about probably like, I guess like two things, two, maybe three things okay. quick, really quick. Mm -hmm. um, so first off, I'll start with discovery. And uh, one thing that I've been paying attention to as a, as a structural guy on the discovery side are, you know, kind of improvements to um, on the explore mode with the, um, I guess, accuracy of that in terms of thin bodies. That's kind of been an issue in the past and it's gotten much, 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 much better over subsequent releases to the point where, you know, they're they're kind of one-to-one -one matching classical results or results that they would see in refined mode, depending on what you're looking at with that. So they have a good example of like, you know, hey, we have like this detergent dispenser kind of a thing and, you know, how are we ma matching deflections with this? So, you know, it's kind of one-to-one -one there. Um, additionally, one thing I like that is the, like a contact um, slash connection assessment. So you're looking at, you know, the introduced bolts um, a couple of years ago into discovery and you know kind of bolt checks things like that so now you have a you know kind of based on AISC rules um, bolt check so you're looking at it from you know sure tensile factor of safety and they've got a similar feature for bonded contacts where you can kind of put in your own uh, riggers for that and it'll display an FOS and whatever you need for there so that's kind of a nice internal check because we've had a couple of customers ask for that one uh, on the Granta side, uh, there's really more of a big improvement in terms of how uh, the kind of higher end features are, are working their way into lower, you know, kind of tier products. So, you know, you have Selector and the MI side, you have MI Pro, MI Enterprise, and MI is materials intelligence. It's really there for, you know, you're cataloging all your own data. Um, you're trying to spread that out across your organization and have like a PLM for it. So you're making sure different, different departments are using the same thing. And MI Pro is kind of the introductory step into that. It's mainly geared toward, you know, engineering drafting departments. And mm -hmm. it's, uh, really focused on folks that are doing their own tests, trying to log that data. Well, one improvement that was in MI Enterprise that was not in MI Pro until this release is the material calibration app. So what this does is it takes your test data and then you get to pick and choose which models you want to have it fit in, so like which like nonlinear material models, et cetera, et cetera, for uh, ANSYS. And so it will generate all the data required for plugging that in directly to ANSYS. Um, and again, you get all the curve fitting tools, things like that. So that's a really nice, like it's almost George Jetson in it. Jetson is <laughs> not, it's just click a button, Mr. Spacely, and there you go. Um, and uh, on the mechanical side, I'm going to mention this just from being an, uh, you know, a ocean engineer, PE <laughs> naval arc in a previous life, mm -hmm. is that uh, Aqua has had some pretty good visual improvements in terms wow. of uh you know being able to reproduce like a regular wave seas things like that so typically you'd have like a nice kind of rolling wave through it but now you can actually produce something visually looks like a sea state you can control color palettes resolutions all sorts of stuff so i just looked at that and was going crazy over it and then from a another standpoint with aqua is that you can actually uh this is 
an offshoot of the improvements made to mechanical, I believe, in the past couple of releases where you can just freely rotate bodies, you know, mechanical change orientation here and there. They're doing the same thing in Aqua. So if you have your vessel in one place, you can actually rotate it in the program without having to, you know, reimport geometry. So, and that's, and everything sticks together. So it's again, you know, that geometric associativity, everything's staying there. And so you, it doesn't break any downstream parametric studies. So there's been some significant improvements kind of across the board, a lot of quality of life stuff. Yeah. And of course I haven't really looked at that product in, in a few years, but, but it, it, the, the user interface reminded me of user interfaces from, from before some of our new employees were born. So I'm glad yeah. to see that they've made improvements to the Aqua product. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, it seems like all the little programs that were outside of the regular Aqua window, and mm -hmm. I've spoken to the devs of, of Aqua, is like they're, mm -hmm. they're trying to make everything integrated in. So now you yep. don't have to have that. So I'm, I'm glad to see that kind of happening across the board with the ANSYS products. Yeah, that's it, fantastic. And, and there's nothing wrong with the graphics in the old system. It just looked old. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and it didn't have these features you're talking about, these these newer capabilities that more modern graphics have. So exciting stuff. That's really good to see that. Good, good. Um, Sina, what can you share about yourself and then also what right. uh, you're excited about? Sure, yeah. I'm Sina Goats. I'm a senior CFT application engineer. I'm uh, with PDT more than five years now. And obviously, long-term uh, ANSYS user during my previous job and uh, undergrad grad studies. So, uh, I think 15 plus years of, of ANSYS uh, usage. Uh, I'm gonna uh, briefly talk about some of the exciting new features in 2023 for for the uh, uh, Fluent and other uh, Fluid products from ANSYS. I think Ted uh, did a great job covering the the GPU usage. Uh, as he mentioned, uh, uh, the GPU uh, uh, expansion is is not only for a designer tool like Discovery, but we're talking about Fluent, which is the, the flagship tool for uh, a CFT flagship tool for ANSYS. So they're expanding the GPU capabilities there. Python is a big thing. Uh, they call it PyFluent. So they're they're expanding the usage and integration of uh, Python inside Fluent, or uh, as I said, call it PyFluent. They're going to be new embedded uh, Pi console uh, as, a, as a beta feature, bringing Pi Fluent directly into the Fluent interface. And also there, uh, there will be support for centralized uh, Python journaling uh, inside Fluent. So they're expand, expanding that. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is basically expanding the integration of other physics uh, uh, beyond fluid mechanics into the uh, uh, Fluent. And uh, uh, one of them is, as Josh mentioned, is the electronics. Uh, the, the, and for Fluent, there would be a direct ECAD workflow for PCBs, for example, that you can uh, import uh, ECADs directly from the Fluent interface without using other tools. And another exciting, again, uh, other physics beyond uh, fluid mechanics would be the uh, like optical, uh, new optical built-in arrow optical uh, workflow Ooh. that actually captures the aberrations uh, effects in in fluent, uh, and it's really cool. Uh, it's a beta feature, but within this new uh, workflow, you can actually visually see the the, the optical effects of the flow, uh, which is again really cool. Uh, I've seen some of the pictures, post-process pictures. Uh, and and hydrogen is obviously a big thing these days. They're expanding the models for hydrogen value chain. Uh, their new models for production and consumption. So, uh, yeah, new new exciting features and GPU, Python, uh, other physics, and hydrogen. I would say at <laughs> the very yeah, top level, yeah, high level. Any, I, I, I shouldn't just ask you a blind question because yeah. I didn't uh, let you know beforehand, but anything in hypersonics new in this release? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're all okay. so, uh, yeah, they, there will be a, the GUI uh, to access to high speed uh, okay. numerics, HSN, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. automation and convergence uh, best practices okay. within the, the Fluent Arrow. Okay. Definitely. The, the density based uh, numerical solver is, is always, it's been like the last few years, uh, it's getting uh, uh, huge updates each yes. release, and this yes. next one is not an exception yet. 
that's good to see it's moving forward. As, as yep. most of our listeners probably know, that there's a there's a significant effort in the hypersonics area, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's fluid is keeping up with it, which is wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Good, 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 good. Um, Tom, are you on? He 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 texted us and said that the cable guy was there. Yeah, I, um, uh, I am was able to stay on. Uh, oh, good. Okay. Using using my cell phone. Okay, um, if if you drop off, we know why. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. Um, so I was going to say uh, you kind of stole my thunder. One of oh, the no! things was the was the hypersonics. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, so they're doing a lot of improvements to hypersonics in terms of the stability and the accuracy of the solution. Um, but one of the other really cool things is uh, a new acquisition that um, ANSYS just made this year, just announced like a week ago, is the Rocky tool. All right. Um, and Rocky is um, making significant improvements both in the speed and power of their GPU solver as well as uh, capability for modeling really complex uh, things like... Um, uh, you know, like a, a boat being released into the into the water and the waves and the the particle release from something splashing into the water. Wow! Um, some really cool stuff. I mean, you know, a car driving through uh, water in terms of the splash that happens as the car hits the water. Um, and just a lot of other capability and really looking forward to see how over the course of this year, the progress on integrating uh, Rocky with Fluent and the other tools, the mechanical tools, because it can handle, um, it can transfer loads from the, uh, uh, you know, from a fluid interaction and a particle interaction with uh, solid objects now you can transfer those loads, uh, those particle interaction loads, to a mechanical model and okay. model the structural deformation oh. and stress uh, due to those particle impacts. So I can throw rocks and see what happens. Yeah, well, you can you can model <laughs> the you can model the stress of yeah. say um, uh, farming equipment tilling equipment right. digging yes. through the dirt mining and yeah. mining equipment and model the stress and, and the effects of that um on the uh, on the solid structure wow something we've been lo- looking for for quite some time that's fantastic yeah yeah and, and uh yeah another future topic it might be good to get uh, hari on and talk about how some of that stuff works really well in LS9 and some of that stuff works really well in, in Rocky and kind of the difference between the two, um, a growing topic. Um, you know, very cool. Um, all right. That is everybody I have on the list. Does anybody have anything that they want to bring up that we didn't get a chance to get to? I see several more things in the mechanical. So we may have to have a, uh, just a mechanical we may, we, may come, we may come back we may come back and do yeah. that yeah yeah we'll definitely do that well it, it, it's a it's been a real pleasure to do this again like i said it's, it's been a while um and and the new people it's fantastic to have you join us and, and give your opinion and to our listeners as you can tell we've got a lot of experienced people that uh, are, are are knowledgeable in these things and what they love to do is answer your questions if you've got an application you're wondering about you got a feature that we mentioned or we didn't mention and and you and you got questions about it and want to learn more about it you know check out our website uh, we've we redid the website um, and uh, also just reach out to info at pdtinc.com or give us a call and uh, we'll help you out so thanks everybody happy Friday and we'll do this again a lot sooner than last time. All right, great. Thanks. Bye. Sounds good. Thanks, Eric. Cheers. Bye. Have a good one. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I have to admit it was fun to get back together and chat about ANSYS things. I I do miss that part of the podcast. And uh, I learned, of course, as always, things from the team. And hopefully you got a chance uh, to meet some of the new members. It was really nice to hear from them. Um, And we've got so many new products and features coming in the ANSYS and and, uh, uh, from ANSYS in both the old and the new products. It's pretty cool to see everything that's going on.
As always, we recommend you read through the release notes in the documentation for the products that you do use to get an in-depth look at what is new in each release. There's usually also a beta section, so you can try out some new things. Um, and if you have any problems downloading the latest release, have any questions, or run any problems, contact your ANSYS support provider. Hopefully, that's PAT. But if not, just go ahead and reach out to them, and they're more than happy to help you, as are we, uh, with getting it installed and answering any questions you have about new issues and new, our new, new capabilities and the new releases. So uh, always, they, um, I, I always... Uh, feel like we don't say enough good things about the developers at ANSYS. They've been very busy over the last many years, well, from the 30-some years that I've been using it, and they just always keep adding new features and new capabilities, and it's great to see. So for our commercial today, I want to talk about training with PDT. So while we were away, while the podcast was away, we actually did quite a bit of training. Yes, you can use the ANSYS online training. I think it's called the Learning Center. Yeah, and we highly recommend you always start there. It's, it's a great resource. It's a great way to, to, to learn a new tool. It's a great way to get refreshed on a new tool. But more and more of our customers are finding custom training led by the very people you just heard from and their coworkers as a great way to, to really learn the products better. We do it over Microsoft Teams or WebEx. We can do it on site as well, but most of the customers prefer to do it virtually. And you get the benefit of interacting with a live instructor. Our customers feel they learn more, they get up to speed faster, and they avoid issues and mistakes because of the interaction in the class with our instructors. Tips and hints, avoid this. You know, one time I did it like this and I, this happened. Um, it, it's really great. And when you use it on your own real problems, which is kind of nice when you're doing these custom classes, you can bring in your own files, then you get, you get really beyond normal training. It's, it, it's a, it, the customers really enjoy it. So reach out today to swsupport at pdtinc.com or give us a call at 480-813-4884. Joe Woodward, who you heard on the podcast, would be more than happy to talk to you about it and arrange something. And the feedback we're getting from our customers that did it last year in 2022 is it's an investment they don't regret and they're gonna do it again. All right, let's dig into the news. And, you know, let's start with the ANSYS stock. Um, I'm sure no one who's an investor in the market in general wanted to look at any stock, let alone ANSS, over the last six months. Um, you know, in general, actually last year, it, it's not been good. Um, on May 17th, um, it was the last time we really talked about the stock, it closed at $252.94 a share. Well, it, it didn't get better from there. It actually hit rock bottom, uh, not rock bottom because it's been far lower, but but a, a, a recent low at 194.23 on October 11th. Um, today's a federal holiday. I'm recording this on the 16th of January and happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day for those of you who are in the US. Um, and it got worse. Uh, sorry, go back. Um, it uh, Today's federal holiday, so the last close we had was on the 13th and it was 254 and 10 cents. So funny enough, remember it was 252 in uh, May and it's 254 now. Uh, when it comes to stock markets, that's pretty much the same number. So uh, look, nothing happened. Was, you know, as long as you held on to your stock, you didn't lose any money. Um, so you didn't miss anything while we were gone. So therefore I don't feel so bad about taking a long vacation from the podcast. Um, the good news is the price did recover a bit in November and has been steady in the 240 to 250 range since. Uh, it's pretty much followed the S&P 500 through the whole thing. Let's take a look at 2022 and see how it did uh, relative for the whole year. And, and of course, they started the year really high, right? It started at 395.49, uh, near an all-time high, and it kind of worked its way down um, to that 194 back in October. So yeah, do the math. You don't have to use a calculator. That's half. It's a 50% drop. But since then, it, it recovered to 241.59 in December uh, of uh, at the end of the year, at December 30th of the end of the year. And so that's that's a 39% uh, loss for the year. And the S&P 500 was down 20%. So a little bit worse than the than the average. But tech tech. tech uh, Tech stocks. Tech stocks in general didn't do well in 2022, and ANSYS was part of that. Um, so you, you go up with tech stocks and you go down with tech stocks. Um, in comparison, Altair and Autodesk, uh, which are you know close competitors, Autodesk not so much, but Altair direct competitor, um, they, they almost ended up exactly the same as ANSYS for the year. Uh, the only company that I follow that's kind of in the industry is PTC. They're more 
they're more other stuff than than simulation but they're a good bellwether the stock market likes to pay attention to them they were actually flat uh for the year they they in 2022 they went up 1.25 percent so any stock that didn't lose in 2022 is a good stock so congratulations to the ptc folks um, ANSYS is going to release their earnings in February, and we will cover them in the February podcast. So we look forward to seeing, uh, it, I think it's been a good year from a sales standpoint. As I always say, I don't understand how the investors decide where a stock's going to go up or down. Um, <clears throat> what I know is our customers love this product and they keep buying more of it. So I don't know. Um, Okay, ANSYS news. Lots to report here. You can always go to the ANSYS news page to learn more. Here's some top stuff. Um, we finished off in the last podcast by talking about the acquisition of Motor Design Limited. So that's the MotorCat product. Adding that to portfolio. That was a partnership that ANSYS had, and they, when they went, they went ahead and acquired Motor Design. It's now being integrated more tightly into the ANSYS family. So with all the electric vehicle stuff and, and electric uh, airplanes and electric helicopters and things like that. We're seeing a big demand for, for mo better motor simulation, so uh, this would be great to integrate that into our, our tool set, uh, even tighter than it was before. Then in June, ANSYS announced a partnership with Softenway to couple Softenway's turbo machinery design tool with ANSYS Fluent and Mechanical. So this is not the first tool. We've, we've had folks on the podcast from competitive tools, but there, there's a whole, a whole host of, of uh, third-party products that help you design turbo machinery. Softenway is one of them, and now they're partnered with ANSYS. So I think it's the third or the fourth tool set that's out there that does that. So pretty good if you're doing turbo machinery, you got some great choices. And, and reach out to us, we, we have our favorites in there. A cool release in July uh, uh, that uh, press release that ANSYS did talked about, I, I really enjoyed this one, how NASCAR used ANSYS LS9 to ensure safety of their next-gen car race. So the reason why that was really important to me is I used to be a really big race fan. I got up at you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, watched Formula One. IndyCar was my favorite series. I would go to races here in Phoenix when people were in town. And then two of my favorite drivers were, were killed in, in accidents and because the cars uh, just weren't safe enough. And to see them use ANSYS LS Dyna to improve the safety in the next generation cars and set standards for the car, for the uh, manufacturers on what those cars can and can't do so that drivers are safe uh, makes me feel a little bit better. And, and maybe I'll start watching again. I know it, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. It's been decades, but maybe I'll get back into it. In August, uh, new, other news, ANSYS was certified by something called the Best Practice Institute as a most loved workplace. And then a few months later in October, um, Newsweek did the same thing. They gave them a similar award for being a, a fantastic place to work. So um, obviously they're doing something right. Um, not only do they put out good software and, and keep improving the code, but it seems like people like to work there. So great news there. Congratulations to the ANSYS team, uh, the HR team for, for really working hard at that. Also in August, this is a really important one, maybe, maybe one of the most important ones in, in this news list here, this long list of things we missed while we were on vacation. Uh, AMD and ANSYS announced a collaboration to speed up ANSYS mechanical structural by 6x. That's what the headline reads. What is it really about? Well, as you should know, we've been um, uh, putting in the code to make ANSYS uh, solvers solve much, much faster on GPUs from NVIDIA. And now AMD has a GPU called the AMD Instinct Accelerator, or Accelerators, and that's their brand of GPUs, and ANSYS is, is uh, compiling to use those. So look for more information on that. You have a choice on GPUs. Um, when you're specking out new systems, do take a look. Uh, we find adding one or two GPUs, depending on what kind of solvers you're using, to be a real, um, a real time saver. So, so check that out. Um, really good news for those of us that run big models. Uh, we're really excited about that. Um, something else that, that's kind of, for those of us who have been around for a while, is a real win is, and PDT's been pushing for these two to get together for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, maybe 20 years now. Um, ANSYS finally acquired CNR technology and in their industry standard thermal tool for space systems, thermal desktop. So if you don't know thermal desktop, it's a, it's a heat transfer tool um, that does really good radiation and does orbital mechanics and puts the sun load into your model so you can, you can get the heating from the sun as, you're, as you do your mission, you fly your satellite around the, the Earth or put your space uh, station around the moon, whatever you're doing. 
Um, it's a wonderful tool. Uh, it is the industry standard. It's uh, many of our customers have to use had to use it and Ansys for doing other stuff. Now it's all going to be part of the same family. We're really excited about that. Of course, integration with the AGI tools, right, which are which is kind of orbital mechanics on steroids. The mission simulation tools from AGI that Ansys acquired a few years ago. Integrating those in as well. You know, best in class capability of doing thermal management in space. I can't say enough good things about it. Something that's not in the press releases that us insiders are really excited about is Ansys has never had a finite difference thermal solver, right? We we did for a little while, but it didn't quite work out. Um, and so so Ansys Mechanical is great; it does wonderful things. But sometimes there's advantages to a finite difference solver, and uh, especially when you're doing large systems and you want to really simplify them. Um, we're really excited about getting this best-in-class Cinda solver that's inside. Uh, the the uh, thermal desktop product uh, as part of the Ansys suite. So lots more to come there. Um, know the folks at CNR. Always been huge fans of theirs. Wonderful human beings. Great tool. Win-win-win-win uh, all across the board. Also in October, um, Ansys and AWS, uh, Amazon Web Services, <laughs> I use that word AWS so much I forgot what it stood for, announced a new product called Ansys, Ansys Gateway, powered by AWS. So this is their latest addition to the Ansys cloud. Uh, you can run on multiple uh, cloud servers, and this is their AWS solution. And we're loving it here at, at PADT. Uh, it's worked quite well for us. We've been we beta tested it, and we've been using it since it was released. Um, and, and we're definitely going to try and talk about it in a future podcast. So there's a lot to talk about there. Um, if you're not using Ansys Cloud, um, you should be taking a look at it. Um, it really is uh, becoming a, a great way to solve problems. When you can't run it on your desktop machine, it's really easy to solve in the cloud now and, and affordable. Um, so definitely talk about that more. Check it out. Good stuff. Um, the final acquisition of 2022 was the purchase of a company called Dynamore. So if you know the LS Dyna world, you know that Dynamore was not just an LS Dyna distributor in Germany. They were one of the best consulting companies out there for automotive crash and metal forming. Uh, really good, really good company. They also have tools that they wrote, uh, kind of add-ons on top of LS Dyna or plugins to LS Dyna, and and there's a whole bunch of them. But the the most important one is something that is their human body modeling tool. So LS Dyna doesn't have one built in; they have third-party ones. Um, so the Dynamore product industry standard. So if you're doing automotive or aerospace and you need to put in a human body, uh, this tool is now part of the ANSYS uh, family rather than going to a third party. So it's going to be even more tightly integrated, better access, not, not, not to mention that we're getting some of the best ANSYS or LS Dyna users in the world uh, with this acquisition of Dynamore. So welcome to the family, to the Dynamore team. Um, if my German was better, I would say it in German, but everyone will just laugh at me. So that's, that's the big stuff since we last talked in May of 2022 for 2022. But 2023 had a big announcement already. You know, here we are just halfway through the month and we had a huge announcement. Ansys acquired Rocky DEM. We've talked about Rocky DEM on the podcast before. Um, it's a product written by our, our, our wonderful friends and fellow channel partners down in South, South America, actually all of Latin America. They cover all of Latin America. ESSS, they're out of, out of Brazil. Um, but they have offices all across Latin America, and they wrote this tool uh, a couple of years ago, uh, maybe coming up on 10, I can't remember. It's a, it's a fantastic discrete element modeling tool, so when you've got uh, like rocks or particles or you know sand and all this stuff, even water sometimes, it's just a fantastic tool for modeling those sort of things. Um, it's a best-in-class, Rocky DM has grown to become the best-in-class tool for discrete element modeling. And so they've been integrated with ANSYS, of course they're an ANSYS reseller. Now the DE at Rocky DEM team is part of ANSYS. So we're really happy to have this tighter integration. Um, it was already about as close as you can get without being part of the company. Now it's part of the company. So um, the other kind of fringe advantage of this is this is the first real um, acquisition of a South American com company by ANSYS. So, um, you know, as ANSYS becomes more and more global, they, they have development offices all around the world and now have one in Brazil, which is fantastic. So, welcome to the family, uh, even tighter than you were before. So, you take six months off and a lot happens. Um, 
there were probably about five to six announcements, I didn't count them, about major partnerships around uh, modeling of antennas and other electromagnetic stuff, as well as a whole slew of really important announcements if you model semiconductors. Um, so this is the Apache uh, product family. We don't really talk about it a lot on the podcast, but you know people like TSMC and Intel and, and uh, Panasonic had an announcement with, with ANSYS. Um, Lots of standardization, lots of becoming the kind of the standard tool for virtually verifying chips and things before they go into production. So really, really cool stuff uh, in that world as well. That's the highlights of the ANSYS news since we last talked. PDT has had a busy year. We've been we've been super busy, uh, which is kind of an excuse for being gone. But uh, I only got three major announcements that are worth really that that are kind of in general worth sharing out here. Um, you don't really care about the fact that I got a new chair in my desk. Um, we launched the Ansys Flonex user form on our website. Um, I, th I may have actually talked about that in the last podcast. It was coming out. So it is out, it's being used. Uh, users of the Flonex software tool, that's a tool that PMT sells in North America. Um, that's a thermal fluid systems modeling tool. Um, it's a forum for them, for everybody in the world. And uh, it's tips and hints and answer questions and ask questions and it's a, it's a great co uh, collaborative uh, community for Flonex users. So check that out, it's at pdtinkit.com slash Flonex Forum. Um, and I haven't done this in a while, so I'm a little tongue twisted. Um, we also uh, announced a couple of new printers uh, in the uh, PDT uh, 3D printing services area. So just so you people know, uh, you, I know you're ANSYS users, but if you ever need some 3D printing done, uh, we're, your, we're your best resource for that. Really, everything you know is for, for ANSYS we do in the 3D printing world as well. So earlier, uh, we, we added uh, uh, a couple different, we added an F900 and a Fortis 450. These are large FDM machines, Palmer FDM machines. Um, we also added, I think, a, a, the Stratasys J55 since the last time we talked. But since we talked, we added the new Stratasys SLA machine, large uh, sterilography machine, the Neo 450. We also uh, went from beta to production on the new Stratasys H350 machine. That's a thermal powder bed system. It basically uh, binds the uh, powder using heat rather than a laser. Um, and then we add in a Stratasys Origin 1, that's a projection-based sterilography machine. Beautiful parts come out of that machine, it's fantastic. We added a larger polyjet machine, a full-color polyjet machine, the J J850, and a non-Stratasys, two non-Stratasys machines, a photocentric LC Magnus, so that's a lot like that Origin 1, it's a projection-based, um, so the projector's underneath and it projects up into the vat that way. Um, sterile lithography machine, but what we like about this one is the material choice that it works with, they work with BASF on the materials, but also it's one of the largest build areas of any of these projection machines. We love that. And then I think we did talk about this in a previous podcast, it's not that new, maybe a year ago, we added the EOS M290 large metal 3D printer. So we do a, quite a bit of metal 3D printing and use the ANSYS uh, simulation products for, for additive manufacturing to help make better parts and help our customers uh, get better parts out of their EOS machines using simulation as well. So lots of new 3D printers there. Then in January of this year, we officially launched our new website. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know we've been telling you about the new website for over a year, but it wasn't really done. There were sections of it that weren't finished. Well, it's, it's officially done at the end of uh, 2022. We put a bow on it. We put it out there. We did a press release. It's officially finished. If you have not been to our uh, uh, web in a long time, go to www.padtinc.com and check it out. Um, if you go there, like a lot of people do in the ANSYS world for our blogs, those are all still there, all the way back to our original focused newsletters um, you know, that were sent out in email um, that, that Rod Scholl did when he worked here, um, and those are still there, and it's still downloaded. I was looking at statistics uh, at the end of the year, and people are still using the content from, I don't know, gosh, that's 15 some years ago. So still useful information there. Do check out that new website. And speaking of publications, um, I'm not going to talk about it. usually in this podcast. I pick my three favorite articles from the ANSYS blog. It's too many since the last time we talked, so I'm going to I'm going to chicken out and and just talk about what they published uh, between now and the next February uh, podcast. 
<clears throat> in our blog, we have a couple things I want to note. Um, we published a lot, but one that I really want to highlight is Alex Christian, who's, con who's, who's a common visitor on this podcast. He published three articles on using Python called PyANSYS. It's uh, the ANSYS ex Python extensions are called the family is called PyANSYS, and they've got up there. Each extension has its own PY something or other name. Um, <clears throat> so he's been um, working on a tool for a NASA contract that we have that uses Python and has been sharing what he's learning as he goes. So um, there's been three of those published. They were by far the most popular articles in 2022 that we published. If you're interested in, you know, using ANSYS as a solver for your own models, uh, doing your own post-processing in Python, connecting the ANSYS solver to another product, you know, really getting in there. Um, you know, in the past, you've been able to customize the user interface in ANSYS Mechanical. This gets into the guts of Mechanical, Mechanical APDL, as well as other products. Alex is talking about the uh, ANSYS Mechanical and Mechanical APDL, but it can get into other products as well. R really amazing application programmer inf interface API. Um, do check out those articles. Uh, really important stuff to know and to leverage for your company. Um, second on the popularity list for ANSYS-related uh, publications is our very own Cynthia De La Rosa, who you met on the interview today. Um, she's been putting out, she's been educating us on optics. Um, so I know that sometimes it's frustrating, a bunch of fluids and mechanical electromagnetic people, um, but um, to, to really do a bad dad pun, we're starting to see why she likes these products so well. Um, she's put a good focus on the optical products from ANSYS. I warned you. Um, couple really nice articles looking at what ZMAX is, what SPEOS is, and how to connect them, how to connect SPEOS and ZMAX, how to connect uh, ANSYS and ZMAX, ANSYS Mechanical and ZMAX. So um, really useful things as, as these optics tools that ANSYS is acquiring get more integrated in the ANSYS world. And we look forward to even more from her in the future. So I, I found that really useful. Also of note, Nathan Huber continued his series on drag on top of his Subaru wagon, which he actually took to go skiing in Colorado this past weekend, he just told me. Um, and uh, there's been this debate of whether it's uh, ski tips forward or ski tips back, and he used ANSYS CFD to, to answer that question. He had to read the article to see what the answer is. And then he ran into some uh, professional skiers who, I, I don't know who they are, but ski people tell me they're really famous folks and got into the same discussion with them and one of them and he named he name dropped the guy um, asked about the box he uses to carry his skis in that's on top of his Subaru and so um, of course Nathan went in and used CFD to answer that question so check out that article to find out that answer that's been a really popular one as well and then uh, Doug uh, did a really useful post on getting symmetrical meshes in ANSYS Mechanical. So if you have symmetrical geometry and you want your mesh to be symmetrical about the cut plane or the, the mid plane, uh, he shows you how to do that. And it's part of his Hold My Beer series, which is quite funny as usual with Doug, but also very useful. And then uh, Josh Stout did one of the more um, informative articles I've read about what is OptiSlang and how to use it, which is the another acquisition of the ANSYS in the last year or two um, that is uh, used to do optimization and, and control things. So really cool stuff. So bottom line, our technical support staff has been doing their job creating useful content while I was ignoring the podcast. Uh, we do have uh, upcoming events-wise. We've got some webinars scheduling. Uh, Trevor's going to get me that schedule, and we'll talk about that in the next podcast. Uh, events for PDT. Actually, this is coming out the 26th, so we've actually got four events uh, next week. Uh, we're going to be at VFS 2023 here in Mesa, Arizona, which is the Autonomous and Electric Vertical Takeoff and Landing Symposium. So this is basically flying cars. Um, it's part of the Helicopter Association of America, or International Helicopter Association, I can't remember which. Um, that's the 24th, 25th, and 26th of January, and we're going to be at that show. We have two people at that show. Then TIPE 3D Printing 2023, which is basically a, an online 3D printing conference put on by Women in 3D Printing and the SME to talk about all things 3D printing is the 24th and 20, 25th and 26th, and that's online as well. And our very own Pam uh, Waterman is going to be doing three different sessions during that. I'm going to be down in Tucson, Arizona at the Arizona Photonics Days, the 24th, 25th, 26th, and 27th, uh, which has also got a Tech Council event on the 26th that I'll be at. So hope to see some of you down there at that. And uh, Cynthia will be joining me as well since it's optics for, for at least one of those days. 
And we'll also be sending someone, a couple of people from PADT to attend the inaugural 3D printing user group meeting in Utah. I, I can't actually, I looked it up, I couldn't figure out what the title was at that event. Um, they're, they're still getting their feet underneath them, but that's on the 26th as well. Very busy day. Uh, we'll have four different events that we'll have PDT people at. But if you're in Utah, um, I, I highly recommend you check that out, although it'd probably be too late by the time you hear this podcast. But the next one, we'll promote it when we know when it's going to be. Um, coming up event-wise, I will be, or PDT will be at IME West, which used to be called the Pacific Design Show in MDNM West. It's now called IME West. It's in Anaheim at the Convention Center there, February 7th and 9th. We will be in our usual spot. We usually have a booth there, and we will again this year. Um, and then I'm doing two presentations in the conference, uh, one of them on the work that Alex Christian has been doing um, with a cool new uh, optimization algorithm that he's developed uh, as part of that NASA contract. And then I'll also be talking about work first development in 3D printing. So if you are in Southern California or want to go to that event um, and you need some uh, discount on your tickets for the conference, would like to get some expo tickets to walk the booths, which is a wonderful full day event. Uh, definitely takes a full day to walk all those booths. Go ahead and email us and we can hook you up. Then in the only other event that we have on the calendar so far is April. We will be at the Arizona Space Industry booth at the Space Symposium in Colorado Springs, one of my favorite events of the year. Um, so cool to be there with everybody doing both commercial and government space and military space as well. Uh, it's a fantastic event, and that's in April in Colorado Springs, and we'll be in the Arizona Space Industry booth. And that went a little long because we had a lot of catching up to do but i want to thank you um and uh, really appreciate you sticking with us and getting back into listening to podcasts we hope you uh, continue to listen for a long time in the future and don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter so you can follow what's going on in the rest of PADT besides the podcast at www.padtinc.com opt in spread the word about the podcast let people know we're back and don't hesitate to reach out Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 113. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS, Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.